This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome into One Bills Live, everybody. Happy Monday. Maddie Glab alongside Steve Tasker today, filling in for Chris Brown. And happy Monday, happy sunny day. Steve, are you are you getting out to golf as soon um, as the show is over? Yeah. I mean, it feels good. Yeah, outside. I'm gonna get out there as fast as I can. I I did golf over the weekend's first real. How how'd we do? I forgot to ask you that. Is the experience was better than my oh, golf man. was. It was fun. It was nice to be out. It was it was really. You can tell I kind of sunburned on my head, but um, yeah, it was a great weekend. Incredible I had a great weekend. Time. Yeah, down. I I got to get a chance to get together with some guys I, I used to work with mm-hmm. and. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was down in, fun. It was down in Georgia. It was yeah. hot, warm, sunny. It was, it was great. Yeah, a couple it. of it was just Love a little it. bit of a golfing boondoggle. A little, so, t- a little tune-up before the PGA Championship here in a couple of weekends. That's correct. That's right. That is exactly right. So I'm going to be at the I'm going to be at the PGA us. on Sunday this year. Me too. Are you? Are you going to hey, be over there? Oh, I'll awesome. be over there. All right. Yeah, Sunday we got tickets, so we're going to go with a few friends. And, yeah. And the masses of people that will, will be there for Sunday. It's going to be huge, huge. It's going to be busy, and it's I would great. assume several of our players will be basically living there throughout the weekend because yeah, we have a lot of players on this team who love golf, who golf themselves, right. and who can't get enough of it. And when you have the PGA Championship in Rochester, just a short I hour 15 away, when why I, not? When, we were, when I was still playing the Ryder Cup was at Rochester ah. and it was uh, it was awesome I mean it is awesome and they had the PGA since then and Sean McKeel I was on property when Sean McKeel hit mm-hmm. the last shot from a buck whatever it was to two inches gosh and Jim Nance thought he thought Jim thought it was going <laughs> yeah. in and he called it like oh my god and uh so yeah that I was there for that too it, there's that course and the facility is fantastic mm-hmm. and um, it's it always shows up really well on it looks great on TV too it, it's everything that you want so it, it's going to be a fun weekend I hope everybody out there can go over and check it out yeah it's a little appetizer to training camp too heading down to Rochester yeah. for a couple of days or a day before training camp begins in July and, and speaking of football things we have reports that schedule release is going to be this Thursday. I was reading uh, Peter King's Football Morning in America, and the top blurb I thought was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Just gives you a clue into how last minute the schedule release is in terms of finalizing everything. The, the headline read something like, you know, it's set to be released on Thursday night at 8 o'clock for the NFL Network show that they will do, but things are not finalized yet, which could delay the schedule release date. Said there's there's still a good chance that this is going to happen on Thursday evening, but the schedule makers were going to meet with Roger Goodell this (laughs) afternoon to figure out and finalize some of the big games. And we were, we were getting into this, um, while we were eating lunch like an hour ago, just there's so many big primetime games this season and you want to make sure you get them right as a schedule maker. Think about it. And if I know a lot of people saying, Hey, tell us when we play, but think about this. Now this year, there's like there always is the opening weekend is always huge, right? The, the defending Super Bowl champ plays at home against somebody prominent, right? That's Thursday night football. It opens up. Then you've got Sunday night football, which is a huge matchup, and then Monday night football, and of course the four o'clock game nationwide. So all and that's opening weekend. So everything's going to be 
nuts, right? Crazy. But then also during this season, I, I hadn't looked at this. <laughs> Christmas Eve's on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a, a game. Sunday night football is going to be on Christmas Eve this year. And they're going to have a Monday triple header on Christmas Day on Monday. Three NFL games on Monday, Christmas Day, 2023. That's an enormous. And then Thanksgiving Day, three three games yep. on Thanksgiving. And the, remember, Black Friday, there's mm-hmm. a game. So they got that game. And then, of course, it, it, um, the, the Christmas thing's unbelievable. But the Black Friday game's brand new. The triple header on Christmas, and because Christmas falls on a Monday this year. It's, mm-hmm. it's perfect. So all those games from Thanksgiving Day, the three games on Thanksgiving, the Black Friday game the next day, the opening weekend, and the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day triple header, you, I mean, you got to get that right. You've got a lot of games across those few dates, and you have a lot of teams who have some opportunities to be on the big stage. You've got a lot of storylines um, from free agency, from the draft, from games from last season that are rematches. And you want right. you want to figure out where does this all fit? Right. What time of the year is the best time of the year for these two teams to play each other? That's exactly what, right. What kind of factors are happening? So the headline of Peter King's article, at least the first section of the schedule release part, said the release of the schedule, which the NFL had hoped to have for a primetime show Thursday night, may be delayed. It's still likely to be done in time for release Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern time, but I was told over the weekend it may not be finished in time. The 2023 mega games, like we talked about, opening Thursday, Sunday, and Monday nights, Thanksgiving Day, Black Friday, and the Sunday night game on Christmas Eve, Monday Triple Hutter on Christmas, are not set in stone. Which you've got it. You can you can argue those games like yeah. forever, well, probably. And Bills fans got to know. I think about it. The Bills and the Bills. You think they're going to end up on one of those? They've playing, got to. They're playing the <laughs> NFC East. All those big, the big market teams: New York, Philly, Washington, Dallas. Mm-hmm. They're playing all those teams this year. That that's going to happen. The thank, they teams. may be in Dallas again for Thanksgiving. You know, oh, man. Um, they're those games are ripe for getting the New York market on them. And think about that. You and I were talking. The Chiefs are going to play on Thursday night football to open the season. Now, it could be a Bills. I kind of doubt it, but it could be. Yeah. I'm thinking that the Bills are going to be in New York playing Aaron Rodgers and the Jets on, like, opening Monday night football of the season to close the whole weekend. I was talking with Brownie about that on Thursday when I co-hosted, and it's – it's just you feel like the writing is on the walls for yeah. that game to be the first game of you, the Bills season, of the Jets season, right. the storylines, no, yes, the no shine. The there's no shine. There's no shine off of it. Play yet. the best team in right. the Buffalo Bills. Because if they if they play it like in week five and both teams kind of stumble to get started, or if it doesn't go well for the Jets, or something happened, what you, you know, then you lose it. It's not, if you you got to put it out there while they're fresh and ready to go, not Woo. until you know the Jets can't blow it. Right. And the Bills can't, you know, nobody can get injured yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So you got to get that game on with Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, the in New York. The Jets defense, the, the Bills right? healthy defense. The Bills all, and the Bills with yeah, the right? that way. So you got to think, man, it, that's a yeah. game that's got to go off early, right? In the season. And they're going to have a second kick at it too. 
Right, and I'm so thinking that. Why if, not have the first one in the beginning of the year, second one uh, you know, come playoff time, come playoff or, scenarios. Or you know what else? It could be the Black Friday game. Oof. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's going to be a standalone end of November. Yeah, that could be a really – that could be it. I'm not – you know, I just think – because the Bills play the AFC West with all of those juggernauts out there, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the and the Denver Broncos and the Chargers, but they also play, like I said, all the the NFC East teams, and all those teams play all the rest of the Bills division opponents, the Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. They all play those teams too. It could yeah. be a Jet Giant thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really. Mega matchups yeah. coming up, and, and I, it's interesting to see how they're going to shake them out. Because you got a triple a triple header on Christmas Day. You got six teams playing just, in those slots. I, I it just gives me shivers to think about all that. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be so I, fun to have I those cannot games. Wait. On. We have no idea what the schedule is right now. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah, right. Hopefully, For we us. find out. We find out London before Thursday. That right. has been out there that the international yeah. games. Some of them should get released before schedule release. So hopefully we can we get that out there this week before schedule release is supposed to happen on Thursday. And I mean, we get to figure out our lives. So do these players. You know, it's, it's like waiting. My mom and my grandma were in town this week, and I was dropping them off at the airport um, this morning. And I was talking about what was going on this week, and I was like, "Oh, schedule release is supposed to be on Thursday," and. My grandma's like, oh, what schedule release? I was like, we get to find out when all these games are, what what time and, and what day we know the opponents. I was like, it's like figuring out your class schedule when you were in school. That's right. You're, you're figuring out what, what your year is going to look like, and I'm so excited and it's ready. It's amazing because I, you know, I was on this golfing boondoggle over the weekend. Guy's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm on the radio. I do One Bills Live. Mm-hmm. We have two hours a day. And they go, you do – yeah, you're right. Everybody can, nobody can believe we do this year round. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you think about it. You got stuff to talk go about. Go through the season, go to the playoffs, the Super Bowl. Then we, we're on to free agency. Free agency, we go to uh, the combine. Combine, we go to the draft. Draft, we go to the schedule release. Schedule release, we're in OTAs and mini camps. I said the hardest month is July. Yeah. Right before training camp. I mean, we got stuff to talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, this this schedule release, it's this is the quintessential fun part of it because and then yeah. you get to see all the videos that all the teams do. And, and our squad, I'm not going to spoil anything, but they're cooking up a good video for schedule release that right. <laughs> everybody's going to love. It's incredible. And I always get excited to see what other teams are doing for their schedule release video. I mean, the Chargers always do funny things. Um, the Cowboys have had some great ones in the past as well. So I'm looking forward to just living on my computer that day when they start to drop all the schedules to see what those videos look like and other things happening this week. I mean, aside from that, we're going to have rookie mini camp here uh, this weekend. And um, yeah, I would assume we're going to hear from some players, maybe some coaches. Those dates and times have not been announced yet, uh, but we usually hear from the rookies during rookie mini camp. So it'll be fun to see these guys back in Buffalo and talking to the media, kind of finally, you know, moving their lives to Buffalo. This is, they got drafted and, and our first 
three rounds of picks were in, um, and they got to tour the facility, but not all of our draft picks have been here yet if they didn't come here on a visit for the 30 visit. And then you've got all the UDFAs who are going to sign here uh, soon enough right. as well. So it's it's a cool time for these guys, too, as, as they finally get to – they know what's happening in this next phase of their life. They know what team they're going to be playing for, and, and they can begin to form those bonds and those friendships with uh, a bunch of players here that are a part of the Bills and yeah. OTAs uh, roll on. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, I and you know, the the OTAs are kind of going on right now. The veteran OTAs are going on now. They get these guys working out Monday through Thursdays mm-hmm. every week for, like, what, like three weeks or something, and this is the second week of the three, I think. Yeah. And, you know, so we're at, you know, they're all out. Josh and, you know, Dawson Knox and, you know, Trey White, they're all out there, you know, running through their paces and offensive linemen, they're all doing it. And it's it's the fun part of this time for us to be here, right? And for them to be here. Let me ask you, when you were in OTAs, was that a great time oh, as a best. player? I mean, they, they get here and they, they can have their breakfast and then they have their workout and <laughs> right. then they might have a couple meetings, then they have lunch here and then and they are it. out of here. Yeah, they're here. hitting it. That, is the that, best is part that about, a great time It's the best player? thing too, Maddie, because it, it, you ain't got no game. <laughs> There, there's no stress like, there's no like living. this stress level is choking you, yeah. you know. There, and there's no t- intensity, you know. There's no tenseness around the building. Mm-hmm. There's nobody, you know, out here in a walking boot or limping around mm-hmm. or getting, you know, trying to get better so they can play on Sunday. Everybody's healthy. They're doing Everybody's, fun team building. They're things. team building stuff. They're eating. They're laughing. Right, you know. They're joking and they're like they're competing within you know drills and they stuff. They're, they're laughing. The coaches are out there. The coaches guards down. They're they're relaxed. You can tell the edge is off those guys. It's just the best time of the year because there isn't the pressure yeah. of winning a game on Sunday, and it's just so nice. To, you can totally feel just the vibe right it's just like ah this is you know and the guy you know these guys are all they're in their 20s early 30s and they're Mm -hmm. all you know they're all bulletproof they're in such good shape they're They're here during the week and then they leave on the weekends yeah i flew out last friday i'm sure you saw a bunch of them in the airport i was i flew out with dawson knox (laughs) he was in the airport he goes yeah yeah you know he's going you know he's going to do his thing right so all those guys just pull the ripcord they're out they fly out and then fly back in for the for the thing it's it's really a nice time for us, for us, because you know they're around. Of course, we can't get anybody on the show because everybody's yeah, they get <laughs> taken out of off so quickly. like yeah, I'd like to, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Well, uh, speaking of this weekend as well and and things that happened this weekend, the Kentucky Derby was this weekend and uh, we saw I saw pictures that Eric Wood posted on social media and he was hosting with him Brandon Bean and Josh Allen joined in on the fun this year and... They had their get up on, and Josh had like a, a teal esque seafoam greenish three piece suit on. So is that kind of where you sport he was that styling? Kind of, don't you sport that kind of stuff when it's the, the derby when you can yeah why doll not it, right why you got to really you can I feel like you push the envelope and stuff like yeah, that. yeah and right? he anytime I feel like he's interviewed and it's about or asked questions about what he wears on Sundays and he doesn't he doesn't dress up as much as some no, of the other come, Bills no. players he, he'll, he'll come in, in a Bills hoodie. stuff or a hoodie or whatever yeah. but he really he really uh yeah. hiked it up a couple yeah, he, notches with his it's interesting get because up for the Kentucky uh, yeah Derby. He, he dolls up for the other sports 
Yeah. For the Formula Ones and the NASCAR and the horse racing. Stress-free. Stress-free Josh Allen. Yeah, stress-free Josh Allen's a little bit more flamboyant. So he was at the Kentucky Derby, and then yesterday was Micah Hyde's charity softball game for his foundation, Imagine for Youth Foundation. I was there, and it was so much fun. The weather was great. I mean, minus the rain delay that we had. Um, But the rain delay came, I think, at the perfect time because they had gotten done with the home run derby and then they were heading into the game. So they kind of took a break in between. I was in the dugout and and in the player area. So we were just all talking with each other during the break. So it didn't really seem like the rain delay was long at all from what I can remember. But, you know, the home run derby begins, and everybody's like, where's Josh? Where's Josh? Josh is supposed to be here. Well, Josh was getting back from the Kentucky Derby, right. so he showed up. Late a couple arrival. players showed up a little bit later because, you know, these guys are such great teammates for right. Micah, and, and they want to they wanna support his foundation, and it's such a fun event that so many people look forward to. By the way, it was sold out. There were 16,000 people. That. Who bought tickets, Tasker, to be I, a part of this? So I'm, I'm kind of keeping up with it. I'm, I'm traveling back yesterday, and I'm getting um, on a Twitter feed from, you know, the channels two, four, and seven here in town. Mm-hmm. There's they were they were all there, right? And I'm looking, and they pan, and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, and I do it, <laughs> I freeze it. It's it, every seat's full. <laughs> I was like, man, was, how proud am I so that packed. Bill's Mafia showed up huge in the baseball stadium yesterday for charity, and it's awesome. it was awesome to see. It was really awesome to see. Everybody was there. All the seats were taken. And, uh, and again, you talk about stress-free living for these guys. Yeah. These guys have a freaking ball at this thing. Yeah. They have so much fun, and, and it's offense versus defense once you get into the game. But speaking of the home run derby, so Josh won it last year. So he walks in as the home run derby is happening, and Spencer Brown is on the leaderboard. So Spencer Brown gets to the finals, and it's like in order to be the best, you have to beat the best. And and in walks Josh Allen, and and the the (laughs) crowd goes wild, and he gets his introduction. And so Josh comes up to the plate. You know, he he basically had just walked into the stadium. Doesn't need a warm up or anything because he is Josh freaking Allen. So he wait gets wait up wait. To that. He this is him. He just like walked into he the stadium. He just basically walked into the stadium. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, right up to the plate. Right up to the plate and starts killing this ball. Home run after home run after <laughs> home run. Hit it out of the park a few times too. So Josh and Spencer Brown end up tying. So they get through, I think they had 10 outs, 7 or 10 outs, something like that. So they tie after this time, and it's like, okay, what's next? These two are tied. And Spencer Brown was hitting home run after home run after home run, too. And these guys make it look so dang easy. I played (laughs) softball my entire life, and here they are, not even warming up, just blasting the ball into the street. It was incredible. And th- this is when you look at these guys and you're like, you could literally pick up any ball, any bat, yeah. any piece of sporting equipment and just just kill it because you are su- such an athletic freak that you, you can do anything you set your mind to when you are that height, that stature, have that strength and have played sports your entire life yeah. and are one of the best athletes in the NFL. So these two tie... And then we're like, okay, what's what do we do? So you get three you- three swings each. Whatever happens to those three swings, you know, 
we'll we'll see. Right. So Spencer goes first, three swings, three home runs. Okay. Josh Allen's turn, three swings, three home runs. So then they're like, well, we haven't been here before. We've we've been through the right. tie part. <laughs> we've done the tiebreaker. It always was but decided. It, but it was always decided by then. So the next thing they try is one swing, however far you hit it. Okay. The farthest wins. Oh, that's a good way. So Spencer Brown steps up to bat, hits a pop-up to second base, <laughs> and we are laughing <laughs> because it's like these guys are just drilling home runs. You get, you get an, one more swing to win this thing, and you hit and a pop-up up. to second base. So it's Josh Allen's turn. Josh Allen hits a foul, and it's like, okay, you need to hit it in play. So he hits it in play, and it's like a grounder, and Spencer Brown wins the thing. Spencer Brown wins the, on a pop fly to second. It was the most <laughs> underwhelming finish. So then they're celebrating, and Spencer Brown, being the teammate that he is, is like, Josh, you can share you can share the trophy with me. We can share it together. You know, that's a, that's a that's good great. offensive lineman. So it was just so much fun. And it's, you know, I'm around these guys quite a bit, you know, get to see them in and out of the facility and just seeing how much fun they have with something as simple as a home run derby yep. and a softball game. My mom was there and she said, you know, it is more fun watching them play softball than it is watching like a ba- <laughs> watching an MLB game. This is right. how the game should be played because they're having fun. They have so much fun and then the rain delay happens and then we're getting whisperings that oh the offensive line is going to go do slip and slide on the tarp. So we run into the dugout, and we're like, who is going to slip and slide on the tarp right now? And Greg Mance, Greg Mance comes on the through. offensive line is like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So he takes his shirt off, and he gives the crowd what the crowd didn't know they needed in their life that day, which was slipping and sliding all over the tarp, and he's he's sliding in different ways, and he's doing different poses as he's sliding. And if you're watching on MSG right now, you're about to see him take off onto the tarp and <laughs> just get soaking wet. And the best part is, so Sean McDermott was in the dugout too during this time, just like hanging out with the guys. And I was like, uh-oh, is he going to get in trouble? What's going to go on here? So Sean comes out of the dugout, pulls out his phone, and is like, Greg, do it again. Do it again. So Sean was having a blast watching these guys goof around, and it was so fun. And then the defense ended up winning the game. So rain delay happens, and then the game begins, and they were able to get five innings in, which I think was, you know, a good amount. You wanted to play seven, but five is also good. It started to rain kind of during the game. Um, but the defense won for the third year in a row. And so people, like the players, joke mm-hmm. around and just say it's rigged that the defense wins every right. year because Mike is on the defense right, right. and it's Micah's charity softball game. Um, but it's fun watching these guys be athletes and, and do different things. And I think it was Ike Butker had a great grab in the outfield of fly ball that he was able to kind of like catch behind his back and, some of the guys had some really, really good swings, and AJ Epinesa was blasting some home runs. And that some of these guys, you can tell, oh, you've never picked up a baseball bat in your life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you're swinging for the fences, and you're missing and missing and missing. Um, and some of the guys don't realize how strong they are when they throw the ball. I, I maybe it was it was Tim Settle. He picked up a grounder in the outfield and is trying to throw somebody out from first base, which in a real game, that's hard to do to to knock somebody out from first that's running to first when they hit what you think would be a single. So Tim Settle is trying to get 
I don't know who out at first base and hauls the ball and it goes over the first baseman's head like basically into the stands he throws it so hard and so far um so these guys don't really know their own strength too <laughs> launching it in. yeah that's that's the fun part about it i think for most people because on the field um although these guys are buddies and they kind of laugh and joke around in an, in an nfl game when you see them play their sport you know they got game they really do have game faces and it's it's you know it's intense and all of that but you get an idea to see into their personalities and how really buddy buddy they are and mm-hmm. how much they like each other. Um, you know, you get a chance you you and like you said when they have open locker room. You know, we can all go in after a practice and we yeah. can all talk to them and stuff. And they'll be in there playing ping pong or they got cornhole in there and all this other stuff. And man, oh man, there is no holds barred. They are like they are not putting up with you know not winning. Mm-hmm. And they take it in good nature. It's a, it's a lot really fun atmosphere. You get a chance and and this. Micah Hyde's charity softball game gives you an, an idea to see, you know, how much they do like each other yeah. and the kind of the culture that they've built here. And, and some and, of the and kids it, were there and the wives right. were there in the dugout too, which uh, is big. just, it's great to see, you know, this is when they can have their families around and when, you know, they can actually be dads or be husbands or be boyfriends um, when they can yeah. be more present in relationships in their life that are outside of the football building. And um, Micah was presented with a check. $400,000 wow, were raised. That's awesome. I know. Buffalo comes through. Incredible. I mean, all those people there contributed um, the Bisons and the facility. It's a great place to hold it. It really is. It's perfect. Uh, it's a great location. Um, I I was here when the ballpark opened way back in the day. I was, you know, in the city where I was living here. And now it seems like so long ago. But you forget what a gift that park is mm-hmm. to the city and, and the people around and, yeah. and the sport and all of that. It's uh, And every once in a while, we're all reminded how cool it is. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's – and Micah Hyde – getting people in there like that it's it's awesome yeah it's so cool he's had it for several years now and he's been on the team he's going into year seven I believe as a part of the bills and it's so cool to see somebody who who gets brought to the bills who's not from Buffalo who doesn't have any ties here who gets brought to this team um, in Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's first year and he just sets up and and you know really puts in roots here in Buffalo. You could see yeah. the, how the roots have grown in his family, it's, with yeah. his teammates, and just what he's been able to do in this community and how just as much as, you know, Bill's Mafia loves him, he loves them back so hard and has been able to raise a lot of money through his foundation and do some great things in Buffalo and then back home in Ohio. Uh, he's not alone in the fact, you know, we know how much Josh has done for Oshai and all the things that he has done, but to see all of these players and particularly the prominent ones who headline an event like this, but all the players come and invest back into Buffalo, the city that they're, they're playing in. Um, it's pretty gratifying, I think for, for everybody involved and gives Bill's fans a real sense of community. Um, gives you an idea that these guys are, you know, they don't just stop by and forget and then leave and never come back. Yeah. You know, they they've invested into the city while they were here and they, and they all come back. Uh, post career as well so it's uh it's pretty gratifying yeah. to see it continue they look forward to events like this just as much as the fans do and i think that says a lot about the group that we have here at one bills drive we've got a twitter question a twitter topic for today 
Steve, do you want to tell us tell us uh, what what the question right, is the that question we dreamt is, yes, up I, <laughs> over lunch as you were we dreamt it up killing your burrito. That's right. What is your dream matchup for Buffalo Bills opening weekend game? We're looking for an opponent, time, and date. Uh, what is your dream matchup for Buffalo Bills opening weekend game? Now, now the date, by the date, means it's going to be that opening weekend, but it could be the Thursday night game in Kansas City. It could be Sunday night game or the Sunday at 425 or a Sunday at 1 o'clock or the Monday night game. Um, so give us a call, tweet at us, at One Bills Live, and we'll maybe get your answer on the air. What is your dream matchup for Buffalo Bills opening weekend game? You so, can give let's us a hear call it. at 803 Who are they going to play? What's it going to look like? Yeah, what do you what do you want to happen? I've seen a lot of people say Jets, but there's some other good ones out there as well that we've already had people tweet in. So tweet us your answer and uh, give us a call and also share a couple more blurbs from that Peter King article because there were some other interesting factors that are making it a little bit tougher to make this schedule this season. Also, 2 o'clock, we've got Judy Batista, NFL Media Senior National Reporter, joining us on the show. Uh, she's been covering a lot of the Jets the last few weeks with Aaron Rodgers finally being announced as a New York Jet and doing his press conference and all of that. So she'll share the latest on that as well as covering the draft and and kind of the last few weeks um, of the NFL schedule, OTAs and things like that. So don't go anywhere. Packed show. We'll get into the tweet sheet next possibly and we'll hear from Judy Batista at 2 o'clock coming up here on One Bills Live. We're presented by Kaleida Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, we're back here on One Bills Live. Maddie Glab alongside Steve Tasker. And we've got a Twitter question today, you know, on the heels of schedule release, which is supposed to be set for Thursday night. We figured, why not ask you guys, what do you want to see for the Bills' opening weekend game? Yeah, we're getting Time, a lot of... date, opponent, what do you want here? We're getting a lot of Monday night or Sunday night football games against the Jets in New York, right? So, with Rodgers and stuff, and that's kind of where you and I started the conversation mm-hmm. with, you know, at, then there's all, you know, so it makes a lot of sense. It's a nationally interesting game because of Aaron Rodgers and the move from Green Bay. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's the two-time or four-time MVP moving to the Jets in New York. First game out of the blocks. Have them, give him a division game, a game with some meat on it against you know, one of the top quarterbacks of, these, of this generation. So a lot, of that, a lot in that. But there's a lot of people. You get this a lot in Buffalo. We had this conversation. Everybody wants them at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon because we want to do the same thing every week, right? You want to have a routine. The players love a routine. Right. So, but when we did, Maddie, when we weren't in the playoffs all those years, we only got 1 o'clock. I don't know this team that wasn't in the playoffs. So, you, right. can, you can paint the picture you don't know before that. 2019, you don't know that. That's right. You don't know that. <laughs> but then everybody complained. We never got, we're never on prime time. They never put us on Nobody TV. Respects us. Nobody respects us, you know. So, yeah, I. <clears throat> I get it. The one o'clock on Sunday afternoons. It's nice for us it too. Is. I it's, mean, we yes, we do the game, right. we, we do our post game show, and you're out of here by six fifteen. Right. I can make it home for the night game for the end of the for the end of the four o'clock game, and then catch the entire night game, and you know, in my little pajamas with feet in them. You yeah. know, I can just bundle up and yeah. just go have a pop but, or two. <laughs> right. I but, understand. But that's 
you know, that's just us. And think about it too, Mad Girl. If if we get one of those Christmas Day triple header, we're working. You and me. Oh yeah. We'll be back. Uh, Merry Christmas, Steve. We'll open presents at the desk to get together. <laughs> oh my gosh! You need to think about it. Or or Christmas Eve. What if we get the late night Christmas? What if we get a four o'clock Christmas game? Christmas Eve game. Yeah, that that kind of takes up the entire Cause, day. Yeah, because we get done. So we won't we won't get out of here till like. You know, that's you. one a.m. How many Christmas oh day games or Christmas night games did you Sunday. play? No, when you were playing. Oh gosh, I can't even. Remember. You can't remember. We did at least one, at least one, because mm-hmm. I because well, I played thirteen years, so it cycles through the whole you know seven days yeah. a week every seven years. Yeah. So you know, you probably everybody played in did a few. at least once. Yeah, did a few. Had okay. a couple of Monday night football games. The one I remember, the only holiday game I really remember was the Halloween game when we played Monday night football on Halloween. Oh, fun. In, against the Jets in the old Meadowlands. Wow. And we, we whooped them up pretty good. And there, mm. was a, there, was a fire in the, there was a fire in the upper deck. <laughs> what? So they, they had, it was painter's cap night. They gave everybody a painter's cap. Uh-huh. So we were lumping them up pretty good. Everybody gathered all, everybody threw the painter's caps on the ground, oh, right? Oh, my so gosh. Fans, they, they stacked them up in the upper deck and lit, they did. lit them on fire. You know. Then they had a five. What foot, else would you do with a, a bunch of hats? They had a five foot blow up pumpkin like a beach ball. Mm-hmm. They were bouncing that around the stadium. It was party. You know, it came down on the field and and the New York cop walked it in the tunnel. The place went crazy. He brought it back out and threw it back in the stands. Oh no! He didn't want to be that guy, right? And then there was also in that game we punted. Their guy caught it and he. And he planted his foot to come out, and it and he stepped. Half his foot was on the line, half the foot was in the mm-hmm. field. So he ran. We we tackled him, but then there was a replay. And back then they didn't have it. The technology was stone, well, stone age. <laughs> you know, it was video replay. And it took him a long time. And I'm sitting. We're sitting around. So us Bills players are standing around, and in the midst of us, we're Jet guys. We're all mixed up. We're kind of all sitting there, crowded around, mm-hmm. looking in that spot in the field. And while we're looking. There's like four guys in the front row, you know, and then there's four guys next to them on the front row. So there's eight guys. Well, they didn't know the four guys didn't know, and the two that were sitting closest to each other from each group started to the heckle oh, to fight. Gosh. And then those two started to fight the other two, and then all of a sudden there's a melee. There's a little brawl. There's a happening. huge melee. So this is at, this is before the fire in the stands, and and after the pumpkin, this fight breaks out in the stands, and so it's the only time what I've seen. Where Are the you guys, guys on the guys field, turn around like- the guys on the field were watching the stands instead <laughs> of the stands watch the guys on the field. It's a huge melee. Security is nowhere to be seen. The, yeah. None of those guys show up. They fought so long they got tired. And they all fa- they all sat what? down. They all just turned around and sat back down because they were beat. They were too tired. Nobody broke the fight up. It just kind of ended because oh they got tired. Oh my gosh! It was unbelievable. That's hilarious. So, yeah, that's what happens when you have a. Game on a Halloween, on Halloween night at night, Monday night game. That that's was, remind, that reminds that's the only me. Not Hall- the fight, but, that's the only but holiday just game crazy things. The game where everybody's throwing the uh, snowballs on the field. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it was fun to watch for a little bit. And then I was like, all right, all right, chill all right, out, that's chill out, chill out. That. Stop it. Um, okay, yeah. so before we go through this tweet sheet, just want to remind you guys of home and away games for this year. So we've got Broncos, Raiders, Cowboys, Giants, Jags, Bucks at home, aside from our AFC East 
foes. And then away, we've got Eagles, Bengals, Commanders, Chiefs, Chargers. So those are your home and away game games. Remember, one of those home games is going to be a London game for the Bills this year. Opponent and date TBD. Hopefully we find that out in a couple days. And let's get to our tweet sheet, shall we? Um, from Nick Minard. He says, opponent doesn't matter as long as it's a 1 o'clock Sunday game in Orchard Park. If I had to pick, New York Jets or Miami would work well as the opponent. Do you want a division game at home? They're I really, you know, this. the division games this year are going to be interesting. They were interesting last year. I don't know if we thought they were going to be as interesting as they were right. um, just because it was like, okay, yes, the, the Dolphins are better. They've got Tyreek Hill. They've got some offensive players that, you know, could really help Tua finally become the quarterback that some people think he can become. And the Dolphins were, were they, they gave us They're, a run for yeah. our money every yeah, time we were, played them. Yeah, the, the game down in Miami, I don't know that it would have turned out the way it did if it would had been in just an overcast day. Yeah. Let alone, you know, the, the game play that's, on the field. That's one thing that I'm wondering. Are are we going to play at Miami week three or four of the season? Yeah, and and then they're going to have to deal with the same thing. And right. then is Miami going to play in Buffalo week 14 or 15? And then they're going to deal with the cold. Is that just a storyline that the NFL loves? And – that probably our players hate, um, yeah. especially that week three or be, four game. And I think people remember this. Remember when the Bills used to open up, and they opened up a couple of times uh, against the Patriots. And, and so all three of those division – and the league does this under – when Goodell, Roger Goodell came in as commissioner, they started playing division games early and then late so that, you know, you'd get them – you'd have a, a race established in the first opening month of the season of where, where these teams were in the – division against their own teams and then late in the season they had a chance to right the ship and decide the division would yep. be waited yep. until later in the season so um that may still be the case you may get two out of your first four games as division games um you know last year um it was let's see regular season last year the for the bills 2022 regular season, yeah. It was uh, Dolph. Yeah, they didn't have any division games except the Dolphins in their first five games. And then I first. remember in December they had like three. It was between November and December. I think they had like three AFC East yes. games in like four or five weeks. It went. Did, it or went maybe it was New we England, played the Patriots twice in like week four thirteen. Weeks. The Patriots week fourteen. The Jets week fifteen. The Dolphins. Yeah, three straight. Yeah, and then it ended uh, week eighteen with the Patriots at the yeah. end. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking we're going to we, – we had almost every division game was after week nine of the regular season last year. All You know, five of the six games mm -hmm. were after week nine or later. So I don't know that that will happen again this year. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see because it always is because we, we always like to poke holes in it, right? It's like, well, they – they stabbed us in the back. Maybe no. rah, rah, rah. we got a short week and a long week, and they get more ah. rest, and we get more. So all there's going to be that going on. And, and then uh, you wonder, like, as we're already talking about this and getting into it, 
I'm, I sometimes like have a conversation with myself. I'm like, am I crazy for caring this much about where every single game is placed and, and what day and, and what time we're playing at and, and how the AFC East games are all lined up and, and when we're playing it in London. And, you know, you talk yeah. to somebody that's just, just a casual fan and oh. they could care less. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. give me this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I will talk about this for five days Because everybody, you know, everybody wants to know, because everybody has these games they want to go to. A couple of people, you know, a lot of people go to one away game, Mm -hmm. and they pick a destination. Like, it could be London for a lot of people. And then last week when somebody was looking at the event schedule for Tottenham Hotspur, it had Buffalo listed for October 8th. And everybody's like, I'm brilliant. So you you go on, you get your your flights cheaper, right? (laughs) You can get that way out ahead of it and all that. And all my all my cronies are like, Steve, hey, tell us the you got to, you know, they're, they're sitting there waiting. And I got to, you know, I'm going to be on it because as soon as the moment it comes out, they're on the computer like, making flights, yeah. you know, and, and getting the weekend set up. But they jack up the prices, you know? So uh, it's fun because there are certain years that lend itself to it. Well, we've got uh, Tom hanging on the line, so let's let's go to a, a caller here. Let's see if I can work this little machine. Hey, Tom, what's up? Well, hi, kids. How you doing today? We're doing good. How are you? Uh, we're hanging in there. The weather is nice. I know. We're, we're loving it. What do you think of the uh, opening weekend game for the Bills? Do you have a team that you think they should play and, and a date? Do you feel like Thursday, Sunday, Monday? Uh, I, I do, and it's the obvious. It's the Jets because we always seem to open against the Jets. Mm-hmm. I hope it's a home game and one o'clock. So he, 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 I don't want the Sunday night game because okay. that's Sunday night. So let's go Christmas morning for that game. Okay. But anyway, I, I just like you guys were doing. I'm looking at Tottenheim Stadium, and I'm thinking it's going to be the Jets. Because the Raiders are always playing in Mexico, and therefore they play their international games. The Jaguars, the Bills game is a home game, so it's not going to be against the Jaguars. It's got to be against one of the other teams that are we're not facing. And now we we always play Dallas on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so therefore move that game to Tottenham Stadium and let them witness it. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting, yeah, Tom. That's fine. Thanks for the call. I like it. Yeah, Jets to open, and what do you say, uh, Dallas, playing Dallas in London? I'm okay with it. Christmas morning, Christmas Day game? I don't know about that. In One London on December, well, it'd be, well, let's see. It would be, yeah, Christmas morning. Ah, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they, it, it's one of the home games. The Bills are still going to have um, 10 home games this year in the stadium. It'll be two preseason games, eight regular season games, and then one of their home games, the ninth one for the 17-game schedule that is back in the AFC this year. That's going to be in London. So they'll have eight regular season games here in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, I, and I get it. There's a large percentage of the people who would just want – just give me the one, Sunday 1 o'clock. Because they love the routine, they love having everything you know settled. They can plan on it, make it happen. And for years, like you and I said, they didn't get any prime time games, so they were they were going to be Sunday at one. And I, and I know this too. 
the Bills always kind of requested that as well. They said, listen, just give us some Sunday at 1 o'clock games. If we're not going to get on Monday night or Thursday night, give us the Sunday at 1 games, Sunday 1 o'clock games, even on the road. And uh, the league was happy to do it if they could. All right. Give us a call, 803-0550. If you have a preference for Buffalo's opening weekend game opponent, date and time is what we're looking for. When we come back from break, I'm going to tell you about why maybe the Bills could play the Jaguars in London. I know they've got a game in London, but we had a guest on a couple months ago that said maybe the Jaguars could do two games in London. I'll tell you guys next here on One Bills Live. We're presented by Kaleida Help. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back into One Bills Live. Maddie Glab and Steve Tasker here on Monday afternoon, about an hour left in the show. And I told you guys, you know, somebody said our last caller, Tom, said, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't know if we would play them in London because they're already playing a game in London and it wouldn't make sense for them to play two in London. But let me tell you something. We had on a member of the Sky Sports team based in London on with us, I want to say a couple months ago, and we were talking through scenarios of the Bills playing in London and who they could be playing. And, you know, we said, you're the expert covering these things in London, and you've seen teams go over. Is there anybody on the Bills schedule that would make sense that you think they could play in London? He gave us a few teams. One of those was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Well, before COVID, he was saying the Jacksonville Jaguars were set to play two games in London, back-to-back games in London. They would play a game in Tottenham, and the the second game would be at the other location that football games are going on, Wembley, um, this season. So they would basically be in London for for two weeks. And it didn't happen because of COVID. So flash forward, fast forward here to 2023 season, and the Jags are already playing a game at Wembley. The Bills are playing a game at Tottenham. The Jags are on the Bills' schedule as a home game. Could it happen? Could it be two weeks that the Jags are in London and well, one of those games is going to be against the Bills? I'm, I don't know. We're I'll just debating you, this scenario. I'll say this. Uh, I, I bet you that other teams – would say that's all fine and damage. I don't want to be the second team that plays them. So that because then you'd be playing a team who's had two weeks in London, right. is acclimated, acclimated to the time and practice and, and the food. And, and if and the if the other team, like say it's the Bills, and the Bills have them in the second matchup, and it's it's Sean McDermott, you would probably normal normally they say go over early and get acclimated mm-hmm. if you've got time. But in football, particularly in the reg in the regular season, you really can't do that. Maybe you can if there's a bye week after, but if yeah. there, if you do that, you're messed up for days after the trip, right? You gotta you get acclimated to the time change, which is five hours from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and you're stuck in that time frame, so it, it's hard to adjust back once you get back, and you yeah. gotta overcome that. You gotta overcome it when you get there and prepare to play a game in completely unfamiliar surroundings, and then play well. Then come back and get reacclimated. get reacclimated while you're trying to prepare for another game. 
there's no way you want to go over there and play a team that's like sitting there waiting on you. So you're looking at the Jags as their ha- they would have a competitive advantage. Absolutely, being I for think two they would. Straight weeks, and I think that you probably sense. get that yeah. same line from the Bills coaching staff say that no way. That's not fair. That's not fair. Now we all know this too. When the schedule comes out, you can complain all you want. They ain't changing it. <laughs> they ain't not changing it. So you got to complain before they make it. Mm-hmm. You got to say, you know, you've got to say, there's no way. Do you think? You do you it. think teams? And I'm I'm thinking about GMs and owners and and head coaches. Do you think they have power over affecting when some games are? They do have a voice. Mm-hmm. They do have a voice. Yeah, they do listen to them, but they but they can't just. Put their, they can't jump on the table and pound up and down. Do it. Now, they'll try. The league will try, but they're under, you know, they got other things. You know, they've got a, this, the ripple effect is obvious. Mm-hmm. Once you change this game, well, okay, but okay, those two teams are getting changed. Well, that means the two other teams on those other weekends are getting changed. And then, you know, it, it mushrooms. So, and then they'll it's like, try. oh, we're not going to meet our deadline on Thursday at 8 o'clock when <laughs> right. we're supposed to do this show but because we have these I would say, seven teams. I would say, that all of these conversations have been had over the last three or four months, right? I mean, yep, I yep. even more so, you know, um, over the last six months, they've because we've known over the six months, you know, what was going to happen, or at least four months. Yeah, you have an idea. That you have this an idea. Is, this is going. Be. Yeah, and then you have an idea of schedule they, release is going to be after the draft. They now, start, and you yeah. can. Make so they your start case. right out. They they throw it up. And then, you know, as they soon start, as you know the opponents. they start tweaking it immediately. And then they start having these conversations with GMs and head coaches and owners, of course, all you know, and you get all the and input and you, you start to this? hone it down and that? tweak it and tweak it and mm-hmm. tweak it and tweak it. And you say, listen, well, we can't do this. And, and that's why when it comes out, there are some things that people bother, it bothers some people. Like we got three road games in a row or we got, you know, we've got Jacksonville, Miami and Tampa Bay all in three consecutive weeks on the road, you know, now what are we going to do? Go down there and stay or we're going to make the trip, you know, that we don't like that. Or, you know, we've got three separate West coast trips Mm -hmm. and they're spread out all over the season. Why can't we just have them and go out and stay that kind of thing. So we can get acclimated. All of that stuff goes in, uh, but they have those conversations, you know, ongoing and they still don't know. You know, exactly what's going to be carved in stone. I'm sure different coaches also have different preferences. Is yeah, of, right. Hey, would we rather be on the West Coast for two straight games and stay out there? Or I'm sure, sure some coaches would rather have right. those spread out across the schedule. So you probably have to know, oh, this head coach likes this, this owner likes this, so, so on and so It works, too, forth. even more so this, the data that I've been sh- that's been shared with me over this stuff over the years is that it's much more difficult for teams to come east from the West Coast, so you got you know, the Chargers, yep. the Rams, the time difference, you know, the uh, Seahawks. It's harder for them to come and play a one o'clock Sunday game yeah. on the East Coast yeah. because it's at ten a.m. their body clock. Mm-hmm. So that's that's also an issue. Makes sense. All right, break time for us. When we come back, NFL media senior national reporter Judy Batista is going to join the show. So stick with us here on One Bills Live. We're presented by Clyde Health on Buffalo Bills Radio.
on Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. We are One Bills Live. It is Monday afternoon, a Sunday Monday afternoon, I might add, in western New York, which we absolutely love as the temps begin to warm up. Summer is nearing. It's here, hopefully soon. Maddie Glab alongside Steve Tasker coming to you uh, to start your work week. And we've been talking about the schedule lease. Is it going to happen on Thursday night? We hope so. And if so, what do you want the opening weekend Bills game to look like for you? You can call us 803-0550 or tweet at us as we're going to get to that later in the show here. But now we'd like to welcome on Judy Batista from NFL Media. She's a senior national reporter uh, joining us now. Judy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on with us. And as we're talking about the schedule being released we know the bills are going to have to play the jets twice this year and you're wondering when it could be because the jets have aaron Rodgers now on their team and you know i feel like the nfl would absolutely love to put a game like that on the opening weekend and maybe put the other one toward the end of the season when the playoff picture starts to really take shape uh so as you begin to think about the nfl schedule release and the newness surrounding the Jets and, and how they do look a lot better than they did last season because of a guy like Aaron Rodgers and some of the offensive weapons they're getting. Do you think it would make sense to put a game like that on the opening weekend on a Monday night or a Sunday night, perhaps? Yeah, actually, guys, the, the Jets have a really attractive schedule by TV <laughs> standards. Like they play, obviously, they play the division uh, teams, which are all really attractive now. Um, but they also have the NFC East and the AFC West. So right. they get uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts and the Giants and the Cowboys. So they have a really good schedule. If you're really into primetime matchups, I'm sure the Jets beat writers who got used to one o'clock starts <laughs> right. the last few years are not going to love the schedule, but it's the Jets have a really good schedule. Certainly, I think whenever the Jets and Bills play for the first time, that is going to be a huge litmus test for the Jets. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, obviously the question is, does getting Aaron Rodgers and these other pieces that they've gotten, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and a few others, you know, has that really closed the gap with the Bills? That's the first hurdle they have to get over uh, is in the division. So that first game in particular is going to be really interesting. Yeah, but plus, you're, you're right. Uh, it could be as simple as putting the Jets and Giants on opening weekend as well. I mean, they, they've got to play each other. The Giants coming off a, super, um, a playoff appearance last year, very unexpectedly uh, signed Daniel Jones. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, who the Jets, don't forget, had the rookie offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year, and it looked like they killed it in this draft as well. Um, so they got a lot of positives going on into this. So it could be, yeah, the Bills are all nice and dandy, but it might be just as simple as, hey, put the two New York teams in the game. That could easily be uh, the matchup, especially because the Monday night game falls happens to fall on September 11th. So obviously right. putting the two New York teams on September 11th yeah. would probably be really attractive for, for that reason. Um, but they, uh, you know, I don't envy the schedule makers um, because <laughs> they have to try to place all of these marquee games um, in the right spot and sort of build up. You know, you want the big blockbuster week to start, but then they want to build the tension. And of course, they're hoping that they have the really marquee matchups towards the end of the season. It's it's just not easy to forecast. I mean, every year you see a team go from worst to first in a division. So 
it's just not that easy to forecast what these games are going to look like this far out. Um, but certainly, I think, at least in the case of the Jets, you know, the Aaron Rodgers acquisition makes them a, a really hot team right now. Um, whether it all comes together in the end, who knows? But I think the interest level is going to be high throughout the season. Well, staying with the Jets and that Aaron Rodgers acquisition, you were there to pretty much cover cover it all, and we're all over NFL Network as that news was breaking and as the press conferences were happening ahead of the NFL draft and even after the NFL draft as well, uh, covering that monumental event for the Jets and, and having that actually go through. You know, you heard the whisperings, and, and, and it was – talked about it and then it was calm and quiet and then it was the week of the draft and it was kind of like is this thing gonna happen and, and sure enough it does what were some of the most interesting tidbits um, from watching that finally happen and go through the communication that had to happen on both sides I'm, I'm sure there are some things that stick out in your brain as you kind of already look back on that well I think clearly both sides wanted it done in time for the draft obviously the Packers wanted to to get whatever draft picks and be able to exercise those draft picks um, right away. So there was an incentive there for them to get it done. And and the Jets, I think, just wanted to be able to go forward, right? I mean, uh, it had been rumored for months. They, they never really lost confidence that it was going to happen. It was just a matter of, of figuring out the terms. But they wanted to be able to go forward and with their new team and, and go into the off-season program. And, and Aaron Rodgers has been part of the off-season program. I mean, he's been out there throwing the ball around and working out with his new teammates and, you know, going to Knicks and Rangers games and getting to know people. But a, a few of the things that sh have struck me then and have stayed with me are, first of all, the excitement of the Jets players who were already on the team about having Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, there's a part of you that thinks like, what must Zach Wilson be thinking hearing all of this, but the, the players are so excited and the anticipation level is so high and the expectation level has just gone so far up and the confidence level i mean i think that's what aaron Rodgers brings aside from being a great quarterback is he brings that confidence level like we're we can be a really good team here like we can make a run which uh, frankly is is not something i think that those jets players really felt that kind of confidence last year they you're right they had the the offensive and defensive rookies of the year they had a top five defense but you know, they never had that kind of confidence um, in their offense and in their quarterback last year the way they do now. And, uh, you know, they're barely on the field with Aaron Rodgers, but he just brings uh, that with him. And, and the other thing is just from talking to Rodgers himself is I think he is uh, refreshed by the change. Um, I, I think he probably there's a little bit of, you know, wanting to show the Packers what they gave up on. Um, but but mostly I think much like Tom Brady when he went to Tampa Bay, I think the change of scenery um, has sort of reinvigorated him. Like, you know, some of the guys who played with him in Green Bay said, like, he's just got such a big smile on his face, right? He's just got so much energy. And so I, I think he's, you know, there's a bit of revitalization going on for Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah, no question. And, and it's interesting as well, because last year, as we've, we've said, they absolutely hit a grand slam in their draft. Yeah. And to get Aaron Rodgers, and certainly Aaron Rodgers is the, is the headline of the transformation of the Jets, but we were back and forth. I've been talking to some Jet fans and how we in Buffalo feel like we missed a holiday because we can't make fun of the Jet draft anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like something we're missing because they re there's nothing to make fun of. They really seem to have become something other than the Jets have been over the last few decades. They are doing things right, and they're getting some results 
for it. Give give our Bills listeners a refresher of the of the Jet draft this la- this year. I know they hit it last year. What about this year? And and I know that because we never hear about it because we're talking about Aaron Rodgers all the time. <laughs> Well, the one that I think initially caused some concern among Jets fans was the first round pick, uh, the edge rusher, Will McDonald, who is a a really good edge rusher. And I think uh, since the draft, we've sort of come to realize that um, people in the football community maybe valued him more than the draft Knicks who do do the mock drafts leading up to the draft. Um, He is super fast and super bendable, if that's the right word, but he can really bend around the edge sort of. Von Miller actually can do it. I mean, he can really get around the edge. Um, and as Robert Sala explained, you know, they like to bring their pass rushers in waves. And so they need fresh legs and they think he will be able to do that. And frankly, they think they're going to be playing with more leads uh, because Aaron Rodgers is there, including big leads in the fourth quarter. And so they're going to be in many more passing down situations and they are going to want those guys screaming around the edge, going after the quarterback. So I think that was that pick sort of uh, made some Jets fans nervous. Like, wait a minute, we've got a lot of really good edge rushers. And they do. Uh, but that's that's why, you know, they, they didn't get an offensive tackle in the in the first round, which is where I think a lot of fans hoped they would go. Um, but when they lost out on that, they pivoted right away to McDonald's. And then a few days after that, they signed a veteran offensive tackle who had played with Rodgers and played with Nate Hackett in Green Bay, uh, Billy Turner. And so I think right. that sort of calmed the concerns of Jets fans. Um they also got a center, um, so they are solidifying that offensive line, which, you know, we all focused on the quarterback play last year as being the, the big problem, and it was. That was certainly the number one problem. But the number two problem was the offensive line. They had a lot of injuries, um, and and it really showed they didn't have much depth. So they've really gone to work also on shoring up the offensive line. And obviously when you have a quarterback who's going into his 40th year, you want to make sure he stays clean. Um, so they've They've devoted a lot of resources to the offensive line, too. So, uh, look, you you hope it all pans out. If you're a Jets fan, you hope it all pans out the way the draft picks did last year. I mean, to hit like that two years in a row would be amazing. But um, they seem to have done a very good job. And then, of course, they've signed, you know, a lot of veterans, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, um, all of that sort of, you know, putting as many pieces around Rodgers to make them comfortable and to help the transition of the offense sort of, you know, accelerate. Um, they got a lot of time to make up for it, and so they're trying to make up for it. Speaking of this all panning out for this team with the addition of Rodgers and an addition of Will McDonald to that defense that's already been really good and, and some insurance into the offensive line, familiarity for Aaron Rodgers with his ties to Hackett and other offensive players' ties to him, is this team ready to just go? Is, is there a learning curve for them all that needs to happen in the offseason, or are they contenders immediately based on their additions in the offseason and the fact that they had a top-five defense last year that was tough for the Bills to even score on? Well, I think they feel like they can be contenders right away, and here's why. Again, they had the top-five defense. Um, now, of course, you're never the same team coming back, right? You just don't pick up where you left off. You know, they have to be a top-five defense again. But they were a top-five defense, and I think they feel if they had gotten just average-level quarterback play last year, they would have gotten one of the wild-card spots. Um, just average level. And so, I mean, obviously you think Aaron Rodgers is going to give you way above average level, even if you don't think he is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, peak Aaron Rodgers anymore. He's still going to give you far better than just average level quarterback play. And just a reminder, I mean, last year was sort of considered a down year 
for Aaron Rodgers. First of all, he was playing with a broken thumb. Later on, he had a rib injury. And his down season last year would still have been one of the all-time great Jets quarterbacking seasons. That's how long it's been since the Jets had a quarterback like this. They've never had a quarterback like this. And so uh, I do think they feel that with him and with the other pieces uh, in place, that, that they can contend right away. Uh, we all know the AFC is stacked. Um, a lot of really top-level quarterbacks. The division itself is treacherous. So, they, I mean, they've certainly got to prove it on the field, but there's no question that they have confidence right now in the offseason that they can, they're going to be able to play with anybody this year. Yeah, and it's interesting. You talk about the quarterbacks in the AFC, and you start with Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. It's and, a long list. Right. It's, you, you just keep going, right? It's Russ Wilson. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. And I was going to – and ask you, then, too, you look at the AFC South. They got two of the top three quarterbacks – two of the top four quarterbacks in the draft are in the same division, along with one with Trevor Lawrence, who they're all trying to catch up with. So, C.J. Stroud and uh, Bryce Young – not Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson go to Indianapolis Colts and mm-hmm. to uh, Houston. That division looks to be – finally to have bottomed out shall we say and maybe you can expect a little better a little more out of the AFC South this year Uh, I think so I obviously Trevor Lawrence um, and Doug Peterson have a head start and they're all chasing Trevor Lawrence I mean I sort of viewed this draft with all three of the teams taking quarterbacks don't forget Tennessee took Will Levis that um they were all trying to stop the Jaguars from getting a stranglehold on that division. You know, for so many years, the Indianapolis Colts had it, and then it has sort of switched hands the last few years, really, since Andrew Luck retired. But this sort of felt like, a, you know, the desperation of teams to, like, don't let Trevor Lawrence seize this division and get a hold on it. Uh, so I think they've got a head start, obviously, in Jacksonville. But, uh, you know, over the next decade or so, we should see really great competition in that division, which frankly has not had great competition in a very long time. But, um, you know, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is, I I don't don't know if he's a top five quarterback. He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Certainly at the end of the season, he was very much on the rise. And so uh, I think with a full season with Doug Peterson, the comfort level is there already. I would expect the Jaguars and Lawrence to be really at the top of their game. Watching and covering the NFL for so many seasons, two really big quarterback, you know, re-signing Lamar Jackson to the Baltimore Ravens and then the Jets trading for Aaron Rodgers. As you look at at big moves like this that can really shake up a conference and shake up a division, um, add to a division, reinforce a team in a division as as in the Baltimore Ravens and what they were able to do to to solidify Lamar Jackson's future, Jackson's future in Baltimore as somebody who reports and covers on all this how do you kind of look at and compare the two and and how they came together and and kind of just each team getting what they wanted at the end of the day first of all I I thought like the entire offseason all of that drama surrounding both of those situations got wrapped up in the matter of you know how many hours right Mm -hmm. like 48 72 hours it all came together I almost feel like the Lamar Jackson contract got overshadowed because it got done. And then a few hours later, the draft started. So <laughs> we spent all of that time building up to would Lamar Jackson remain with the Ravens? Would he sit out? What would happen? And then it got done. And then it was, okay, on to the next thing. Um, uh, you know, what uh, the, taken together with those two things told me is like the AFC is just 
so much better. The, the power shift to the AFC is so, so dramatic. Um, and, and having Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC and into the AFC only adds to that. But, um, uh, you know, we saw it last year. The, the AFC is just the dominant conference right now. And getting through the AFC, uh, you really, you really earn it. I mean, the, the Chiefs really earned that AFC championship last year. You, you got to go through a gauntlet and even, you know, even Jets fans who are so high right now because of Aaron Rodgers, you know, sort of look at the landscape and think like, you know, if you're going to the Super Bowl for the AFC, you are almost certainly going to have to beat Josh Allen, um, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Trevor Lawrence in there somewhere. And and that's not even counting people like, you know, is Deshaun Watson going to be better this right. year? You know, what's Kenny Pickett going to look like? I yeah, mean, Justin right, Herbert. There are, yeah. <laughs> there are still quarterbacks that are on, you know, that we have questions about, um, and we don't even know what they're going to look like this year. Yeah. And you got to think, too. I mean, you look look down at the, at, I mean, is, is Ryan Tannehill in the Tennessee who were number one seeds two years ago? I mean, Gosh. they're, 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 they got left in the dust over the last 18 yeah. months. Uh, it's, it doesn't take long to go from the num to the one seed to, being ranked 16th in the conference. Yeah, you sort of feel like the the window opens very suddenly and then it closes very quickly too. So when the window is open, you you know, you've got to do it because it it may not be there for long and I especially feel like that's the case. Um and you know, again, they drafted Will Levis how long until we see him on the field? Um and and how will he be? For the Jets and going back to Aaron Rodgers and, and them really changing the landscape of what this team looks like and, and coming at it from our point of view, a team who has to play them twice a year and a team who's changed rapidly over the last couple of years. Like Steve said, this was a team that was easy to make fun of. Now they aren't anymore. Do you believe yeah, that I, this do you believe that this team has truly changed itself for the future or do you think in and I'm thinking about okay Aaron Rodgers how many years does he have left in the tank is this a fix for the long term or is this a fix for the now no I I mean this is obviously a all-in move for the next year or two you Mm -hmm. know he said it's not a one and done in his mind so let's say he plays two years um and and I think what you hope is that um his uh, confidence and the way he prepares and the way he approaches games rubs off on the younger guys, right? I mean, that was also something that the people in Tampa Bay talked about with Brady is uh, Brady didn't just come in and be Tom Brady and, you know, and, and lead them because of the way he played. He also led them because they were watching how Tom Brady prepared for games and studied for games and how he viewed games. And, and that helped helps young guys going forward. And so certainly I think I, the Jets hope that that's a part of Aaron Rodgers, but there's no question. I mean, this is a play for right now. I mean, they are going for it. They're all in. They haven't made the playoffs in a dozen years. It's the longest active uh, non-playoff streak, I believe, in North American professional sports. <laughs> so they want they want to snap that. Um, but but clearly, when you go all in and, and take on Aaron Rodgers' contract, I mean, you are trying to win the Super Bowl right now. One of the things we've seen as well, and I, we're, this kind of turned into one Jets live here today, but <laughs> it's, it is really interesting because we're going to play these guys twice and, and the division is real. I mean, it's going to be a really tough division to win this year, particularly if Tua Tonga-Vailoa stays healthy and that offense does what it did when he was healthy. And what I want to ask you is, uh, 
the guys that the Jets have brought in, all the old Packer guys, and everybody says, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. It, it could just as easily be Nate Hackett to me saying, listen, I need some guys who know the, the words to teach the guys who don't know the words. I mean, it, it could be Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron would probably give his – Hey, he's going to look out for his guys. Say, yeah, he's a good player. I, you know, he can do it. Yeah. But I think as much as anything, it would be a guy like Nate Hackett who says, listen, let, it makes it easier on these young guys if we have a bunch of guys who really know the offense. So even if they're not going to play, let's bring them in and grease the skids on the, on the uptake of this offense. Well, R- Rogers said that himself. You know, he said like, I can't be in every meeting room, right? Like I'm going to be in the quarterback room. Um, he can't be in the wide receiver room, but Alan Lazard can and Renault Cobb can, and they can tell, you know, Garrett Wilson, who's clearly the number one receiver here. They can tell Garrett Wilson, like, this is what Aaron likes. This is what he wants. This is how you run this route. Um, this is, you know, wh- when he wants you to turn. I mean, this is, you know, that is um, part of why, the Bucks, for instance, brought in Rob Gronkowski. Now, Rob Gronkowski is a Hall of Fame tight end. So he, you know, you would want him on your team anyway. But a big reason why they brought him in, and then even why they brought in Antonio Brown, who Tom Brady liked, was because they had already played with Tom. And they knew Tom, and they could translate what Tom wanted, and they could deliver the message to the players who hadn't played with Tom Brady. And that is a little bit of what's going on at the Jets. And there's no question, it's also, you know, this is what Nate Hackett likes. But the bigger, the big picture is they want to do everything they can to make Aaron Rodgers comfortable and to allow this offense to take off immediately. There's just not that long a runway here, right? I mean, if you've got two years to win a Super Bowl, you don't have a whole lot of time for everybody to sort of play their their way into a comfort level. you got to be comfortable from day one. And so they are doing everything they can to make Rodgers comfortable, to make everybody else on the offense comfortable with him um, so that, you know, when training camp starts, when OTAs start, like they are clicking as much as you can possibly be clicking. Judy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us and, and talk a little bit about the Jets and, and just the monster offseason that this team has had and and the mega additions to this <laughs> team. We're hoping that the Bills can can – Kind yeah. of disrupt oh some of that comfortability uh, once <laughs> once they play yeah. them here. Probably uh, beginning of the season, maybe right. we'll see when the schedule comes out. But thanks for joining us, thanks, Judy. Judy. Great to see you guys. Take care. All right, that was Judy Batista, an NFL media senior national reporter who's been covering the NFL for several seasons and has gotten to see a lot of the crazy trades, acquisitions, all of those things go down. And, yeah, it'll surely be interesting to see if if the Jets can be comfortable in year one with Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure hoping the Bills can knock them off of feeling that way when they play them twice a year. But they had a stellar defense last year. They added several offensive weapons who have proven track records in the NFL in terms of how they have been able to produce Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, uh, you name it. The list goes on. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. This team has a good good roster really good roster and of course you know we know as, as bills knows well as anybody you can't really predict the future but um they're doing everything they can to ramp up and be ready week one and that we've been talking about you know the schedule and when the bills will play the jets they're gonna have to play them, they're gonna play them in metlife mm-hmm. they're gonna play them here those games are gonna be extremely interesting un- until they're not un- until one one of the, the bills or the jets play their way out of it yeah 
or somebody gets hurt and they're not as interesting or they're they're you know the odds go way up and about them you know not making the playoffs or whatever um one of those two teams it the matchup is not as good as we thought it was and that's which is our question today week one is going to be at a frenzied level for the interest in that game uh not just the jets in general but to see them measure up to a team that has something going on like the bills or the chiefs um or another great quarterback like justin herbert in la which i know those guys play dak prescott and the cowboys is probably on or on the jets um schedule as well mm-hmm. you can bet the jets are going to be in a prime time game on opening weekend yeah and whether it's the bills or not don't know but Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, you can bet, will be. Could there be another team in the AFC East that has more primetime games than the Bills this year? Yeah, the Jets would qualify for yeah, that. Right? Certainly, yeah, that's a good That's a good point. It's a really good point. The Jets could be the darling of the league yeah. this year in 2023. Yeah, My, that's like the Bills change. were a year ago. Um, there's a lot of reasons, like we've been talking, a lot of reasons why people would start jumping on that bandwagon because of the two – the offensive and defensive rookie of the years last year, Sauce Gardner and Brees Hall last year, mm-hmm. having such a good season. Of course, Brees Hall will be bouncing back. Yeah, but injury. Aaron Rodgers like w- washes that with, you know, with a huge brush. Mm-hmm. I mean, he covers all of that and makes it all that much more interesting. The defense is going to be intact, and may perhaps even better um, with the addition of you know the edge rusher they drafted. It, it's they're an interesting team now. Yeah. They got a long way to go before I'm going to say, yeah, they're going to be up there with the Chiefs, <laughs> up there with the Bills, up there with the Bengals. But certainly they're going to be – they've got every reason to believe they're going to be in the race for a playoff spot and, and a division title, depending on how they play against the Bills and Dolphins and Patriots. Yeah, some young kids like Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson who who won those awards – Let's see how they can grow, too, in, in, in year two and on with a team that has Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. When we come back from break, we will answer more of your responses to the tweet sheet, and we'll answer a couple calls that we have hanging on the line here. So stick with us on One Bills Live. We're presented by Kaleida Health on Buffalo Bills Radio. Back again here on One Bills Live, Maddie Glab and Steve Tasker, and we're debating what is your opening weekend preference for the Bills with schedule supposed to happen on Thursday evening unless they decide to delay it because they can't figure out some of these big mega primetime games, whatever you want to call them. We wanted to ask you guys, what should the Bills have on opening weekend? Time, date, opponent, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. Thursday. Do you want the first game again like the Bills had last season? Or are you just down for a 1 o'clock, no big deal, easy win? Easy win kind of game at yeah, uh, yeah, the you stadium. Think about it. If you look at the schedule, there's you know there's not too many gimmies. you got the AFC West and you've got you know, the NFC East and then, of course, the AFC East as well. The out-of-division, out-of-conference games, um, you've got – what are they? I, it's uh, – yeah, the Jaguars and the Buccaneers mm-hmm. um, are the two games. 
I don't know, do you, do you say, let's give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home Sunday 1 o'clock on opening weekend? You know, let's get off to a good start. I don't even know who the Buccaneers quarterback's going to be. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, you got that the kind Chiefs, of, too, and yeah, yeah. AFC West. Or you could get, you know, give us the Broncos East. or the Raiders. They struggled last year. They're, you know, there's no reason to think they're going to get off the mat in a big way this uh, this year. New head, new head coach for the uh, Broncos. Um so you could you could do that, or you give us the Washington Commanders, you know, a team that's struggled mm-hmm. over the last decade. So, um, you know, give us those guys. Let's get us out of the gate of one and zero, and do that. There's some of that going on. There's some yeah. of that going on. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, I get that. You got to play those teams. You're gonna have to play them some point. Into the year, right? Do you want to ease into the year and yes. get get your you know wits about you, or? Would you rather play one of these teams like the Chiefs, the Jets, the uh, you know, the Bengals? You want to play one of those teams, you know, like out of the gate and hit them with the fist when you're full roster. You're healthy. You're rejuvenated. Healthy. Let's go healthy. You know what I mean? You want to hit them in the mouth when you got your full roster. Yeah. Because the team was different late in the season without Vaughn Miller. Offensive line was all nicked up. You know, and then, of course, when DeMar Hamlin went down, the team wasn't the same. You know, all that stuff happens, and you're just not the same team late mm-hmm. in the season. Yeah. Well, we've got Eric from Buffalo who's been hanging on the line for a while, so let's go to Eric. What's up, Eric? Let me see if we can get you up here. <laughs> Man, I am not a wizard with this machine. Brownie's the wizard. Hey, Eric, you're on with us. How are you today? Hi, Maddie. Hi, Steve. How you doing, I Eric? Think this one's, I think this one's a toss-up, or an easy one. Yeah. Week one, Monday night or Sunday night, the Bengals for the return of DeMar Hamlin to the field. Yeah, you think, what? A, to me, and you're right, I mean, it sounds like an easy one. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, you, you got these guys that are like, they can't get that out of their mind, you know? Um, I, I, it's but been my... What they showed the national audience of what happened, you know, the horror, show them the lifting up. Yeah, I get it. It's just the fact that it may, and that may be good for everybody who's not wearing a Bills uniform. I still worry about that game, even if it comes in week 15 of this next season. Uh, there's going to be some. Be a tough one. Yeah, it's going to be a really tough one. So you're saying give them the toughest possible matchup emotionally right out of the gate? I think the NFL will do it because of the storyline. Yeah, it might be plus the way the Bengals really thumped the Buffalo Bills, you know, three weeks after the Monday night game in the playoffs, ended the season. And really, that Bengals game, because of our all of our propensity to be, you know, recency biased, that Bengals game makes everybody think the Bills are like not that great a team anymore, you know? That's I mean, why they're like, under the radar. That's this right. Year. The Bills are really under the radar because of the way the Bengals handled them in that last game. And, you know, for me and Brownie, and I don't know, Maddie, I'll ask you too. I thought the DeMar Hamlin injury really set them back a lot. Um, it was rough for those guys you know, after they saw their friend and teammate pass away and then get resuscitated. I thought it really affected them. Thanks for the call, Eric. Yeah, um, I can understand, of course, because that's how the team went out last year. And it, it is a really big storyline, and the NFL loves storylines. And it was such an impactful game for the entire country in a lot of ways. Um, just watching that happen live on television um, and watching DeMar 
come back to life and, and all the good news that we found out. And, and now the fact that he's back here training and getting ready for the season, it would make sense to have a game like that be game one of the year for the Bills and just to go right back at it. But whenever it is on the schedule this season, like you said, Tasker, it's it's going to be a mental hurdle that they're going to have to climb and get over yeah. getting ready for a game like that. And I think, you know, for for the next few years, that game is going to be a game <laughs> where you're going to have yeah. to get over a, a, a mental hurdle because of what that game meant and because of what happened in that game. Mm. And and also just playing them in the playoffs and, and how that game went. I That game was so frustrating for the team. It was frustrating for us. They did not look like themselves. We're sitting up here trying to break the game down and break the season down. And, and we're just like befuddled because it's like we haven't seen this team all year. Right. Play like this. This is not the team that we know. This is not the team that we love. They, this is not how it was supposed to happen. This is not how it was supposed to go out. This was not how, you know, the script that we all wanted to happen. The Bills march back from something that's been devastating um, and get to have their day with the Bengals and, and yeah. move on in the playoffs and, and march to the Super Bowl. That did not happen for this team. So they've got to face them at least once this year, but with a team like the Bengals, you're uh, is that a team you're going to see in the playoffs? That's right. They're going to have to get over it at some point, and who knows if if that's if that's if, if it's even going to be a thing. Right. Who knows if it's even going to be a thing? It, it may not. And uh, all, all I know is, and uh, you know, it, it was a it was a big deal. It was a huge at the very least. It was a huge distraction. And um, the Bills did not play very well from that point of the season on. Mm -hmm. From that point of the season on, they looked like a completely different group of guys. Uh, plus the injuries that they sustained with Vaughn Miller going out. Um, they were so injured by that point in the year. Yeah, it was, and Micah Hyde wasn't there. Jordan Poirier was a shell of himself. Yeah. Uh, Benford was it out at corner the say you know the say everything everybody was jordan they were a mess phillips was hurt too. Uh, and that was something too yeah jordan phillips couldn't play jaquan jones da daquan Daquan jones, jones yeah was out you know that was just one thing after another and that was something up until for the two years at least previous to that maybe the three years previous to that they had not had very many injuries at all so it was something that they you know had not been familiar with and they hadn't had to be have their depth tested to the point that it was last year, late in the season, plus the stuff we're talking about. Um, I am not a fan of that Cincinnati game. I just got to say, I'm not a fan of that, of starting out this opening the season with it. I get it, though. It's a great I story. I like the idea of opening the season with a tough opponent, though, because you go into the year with a lot of energy, with all, with a lot of juice, you're – supposed to be healthier than you will be at the end of the year you've got this build up so like yeah let's play some smack mouth football against right. a really good team I don't I don't want to ease into it I I'm also the type of person like I want to jump into anything right. I don't want to ease into it like, tear let's off the band-aid let's right? just yeah. face it yeah so get one of those tough games out of the way right away get a get a packed stadium a really big crowd a night game like let's go right yeah I can, I I'm with you that's why I kind of think, let's go to New York. Let's go to MetLife and take on yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Let's Bring go, it on. Or, Bring it on. Let's go to Arrowhead. Let's take on the Chiefs. Let's get things rolling. What do you got? What do you the, got? It's a, it's a matchup that has been stellar over the last three years, yeah. and you're going to get a chance to see it be stellar again. 
open, you know, and uh, can anybody take them out? I would probably guess that this, if the Bengals have the Chiefs on their schedule, which I don't know if they do, Let's that check. would be a, a candidate for that. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets going to the Chiefs, AFC West. Chiefs and Eagles are going to play each other. Chiefs and Eagles could be a great uh, way to start the new season. But I'm – I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of great opportunities because also, and we've been talking about it, you've got the three games on Christmas Day, or I'm sorry, yeah, three games on mm-hmm. Christmas Day, a game on Christmas Eve, three games on Thanksgiving. You've got a Black Friday game the for Chiefs the first time in Bengals. NFL history. Uh, the Chiefs do play the Bengals. You've got all these matchups that you can sprinkle in all these prime time things. Maybe if the Bills could stay off the radar, they can get eight one of one p.m. games <laughs> here at, at Orchard Park, and I don't have a problem. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. That's fine with me. I mean, we had like six of them last it's year. Hard time to rest. You know, let somebody else stay up until one a.m. and post game. All know? right, we're taking a break. When we come back, we'll round out the tweet sheet and close things up here on One Bills Live. We're presented by Clyde Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, quickly going through a couple more responses on the tweet sheet from our question of what would be your dream opening weekend scenario for the Bills as schedule release is set for Thursday. We've got a Commander's 1 o'clock game to start the season. (laughs) Cowboys or Broncos, week one at home, Sunday night football. Home against Denver, 1 o'clock. Jets, Sunday night. Giants, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Home against Miami on Sunday night. Um, Another Jets one. Jets or Bengals. Giants in Orchard Park at 1 o'clock. We've got a just home 1 o'clock on Sunday, bottom feeder, so we can see how Dorsey does in year two. Good uh, stuff. A lot, of, a lot of good options here, and, and you guys can debate it for the rest of the week. Yeah, we may just let this topic ride. And just why go, not? So many prime times. We'll see. All right, Brownie is back tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys, on Monday. We will catch you later. Have a good day.